Hello, I'm Tony Cantwell, and welcome to the CMG Business Podcast. Each episode, we talk to interesting people to help us better understand and manage the challenges of business and hopefully learn from their experiences. In this episode, we take a look at what it means to be an effective member of a board of directors what some of the challenges may be, why governance is so important, how boards are structured and how they work, and much more. To give us his insights to what makes an effective board member, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul White. Paul has an array of expertise and credentials in this area, including he's a founding member of Ireland's largest ICT group, DCC Technology. He is a co-founder and former executive director of the Corporate Governance Association of Ireland. He's a member of the IOD, Ireland and UK, and a member of the Mediators Institute of Ireland. He's a governance assessor, a non-executive director, mediator, business advisor, investor and mentor. And he specializes in board performance evaluation and corporate governance assessment. He serves on the board of TUSLA, the RTB, the Office of the Attorney General, and recent chair of the CMRF, which is Crumlin's Children's Hospital. Paul also trains many of our clients here in CMG Professional Training on this subject, and of course the more extensive governance reviews from his own organization, Governance Ireland. Paul, you're very welcome to the CMG Business Podcast. Um, Let me jump straight in. What does it mean, in your view, to be considered an effective board member? Okay, it's a big question because, you know, it it, it means one thing for one organization and something different for for another organization. So, you know, there's no real one size fits all one size fits off with governance. I mean, the, the, the background of governance in some respects is it came out of a lot of scandals from the back in the 90s and uh, a lot of people being let down within the you know, the, 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 uh, in the stock market and in publicly quoted companies, both in UK and Ireland, sorry, UK and, uh, and the USA. And people, when they got in behind to say, like, why did we not know this was happening? Yeah. And they looked at the roles the boards had and they found the boards were absent in, in many, many cases. And then they went for, further and said, well, what is a board supposed to be doing here? And then they realized there wasn't really any template or any code around that. So the Code of Governance was established effectively. The UK Code of Governance was probably the, regarded as the, as the, start of all, the yeah. starting template of all of this. So it actually had to codify things like, you know, what is a director? What exactly are the duties and responsibilities of a director? You know, it would be a good idea if the board met frequently, you know, basic yes. stuff like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. So believe it or not, as recently as that, those things weren't defined. And when was that? Yeah. How far back was That's that? That's we're talking about early to mid 90s only. Wow. You know, so relatively recently. That's now, still lots new. of companies had boards up to that point, but they all had different variations and different interpretations of what a board was and what it was supposed to be doing. And is that right across companies and whether it be um, an organization or whatever? It's, it, it's yeah, it's it, was, right it was pretty universal because, you know, there was this assumption that all the great and the good that are around this table, on this board, they must be doing the right thing. But nobody ever really drilled in to see exactly what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, when all the, a lot of analysis was done on the why such and such a company failed or such an organization failed, it was deemed to be that effectively the executive management was allowed to do what it want, wanted. And there was really no, no real oversight yeah. on, what, on what was going on in the company. So you had situations in, in, in companies where the chairman and the chief executive was the same person. It could be the president, 
Now that you're just handing the keys of everything to that individual to, an individual, to make to know. So you're giving all power to that one individual. And that's fine as long as that individual can be trusted. But unfortunately, yeah. greed intervenes in a lot of these things yeah. and people you know, once they're given the key to the safe, they run off with the safe. And know? also p human yeah. nature being what it and is. Exactly. You know, you, yeah. nobody can question and... Exactly. And, and uh, particularly around publicly quoted companies where you have a situation where people might overstate profits. So investors will come in and invest in the company only to find that the, the basis of that investment just wasn't there at all. Yeah. That, you know, you know that famously there were things like there were, you know, capitalizing their brand at enormous rates, yeah. you know, and putting that on the bottom line. Famously, the the Enron people were were booking in a, in a, in the current year, you know, twenty Future thirty earnings. years profit yeah. profits, you know. So, you know, all that sort of stuff. Nobody was keeping an eye on that, and that's what a board is supposed to be. So that's its genesis. That's where it's evolved from. Yeah, and it's 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 come into a very different place. It started with PLCs, started with publicly quoted companies, and it's now moved down, if you like, just to a, at all stratas within organizations throughout the throughout the. Yeah. the the civilized world, I yeah, guess, at this yeah, point. And yeah. in some respects, uh, some of the emerging countries are, are even better at this. So is the term effective? It's open to interpretation, is it? Yeah, so if, consider this. So let's say you're part of a very large organization. There'll, there'll be a very mature governance framework in place. But if two or three people started a business tomorrow, they'll pr probably have little or no governance. So yes. wh And what does governance even mean to them? Because at that stage, all they're looking to do is to see, can we pay the salaries this Friday? You know, so that's that's their goal and that's their objective. So governance will evolve as the company itself evolves. Yeah. And and you then need to get into a situation where you need a, f a framework within which that organization can deliver on what it's it's doing for its various stakeholders. Yeah. And, you know, given that what we said earlier on, it's all too human to kind of maybe take a few shortcuts here and there. Yeah. So you're really relying on a board to make sure that people stay you know, and do what it was you asked them to do in the first place. Somebody said to me one time, "Is governance is the thing you do when nobody's watching, you know? And in some respects, that's okay. what it is, because you, yeah. you're relying on people to do the right thing. Well, now, you, you know? see, the thing is with that, and the key with that is people, mm -hmm. and the people on the board, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, so yeah. from various types. So just digging a little deeper into that, and we'll come back to the effectiveness in, in a sec, but just looking at that, is there the right type of people or the wrong type of people on boards? Is that something that's an issue that, I mean, well, for instance, I'll give you an example. Easily excited people, overly emotional people. Sure. Are, sometimes people would argue they're not good fits. Well, I mean, it, again, the, the selection of board members yes. has evolved quite a bit over the years. So, for instance, in the state sector, it used to be a, a reasonably leveled criticism that all the cronies were on the state boards. Yes. That's, that's almost completely unheard of these days. Right. So there's a thing called the Public Appointment Service that if you want to go on a state board, you must go through that process. And, and to be even considered for that, there's effectively a, a, a job spec put out. So they're looking, for, so, so let's say a typical board is eight to 10 people uh, in a state sector. They may, they, they may be a retirement coming up, for instance, for the, the person with the most uh, technical knowledge around accountancy. So there's an audit and risk committee. So they need a, a recent and qualified accountant effectively to chair that. Yes. So that person may be retiring. So there's, there's a spec goes out and says, that's what we need. You may have an organization that's looking to expand 
Uh, there's one organisation I'm familiar with that they're they're looking to develop uh, stadiums and things like that. Yeah. And they don't have that expertise around the board. So they'd like to have somebody on the board bring them in. that is brought on for that and can do that. Because really, ultimately, what you want from a board is that it is future looking, that it is yes, looking exactly. at the strategy and the development of the organisation and not just sitting there keeping the score. But again, the chair is very, is very important in this uh, because the chair has got to create an environment where there is constructive collegiate uh, critique going on of the organisation. Yes. But you're not really kind of, you know, it's not a classroom either. And that's what we all sign up to when you join a board. Abs- well, yeah. that's exactly it, because I was just thinking here that when you're looking for a board, when the board is looking for new members, are there particular criteria that it looks to engage in, or is it um, how do they how do they identify? Well, again, you d- it, again, it depends on the maturity of the organisation. Yeah. So, if you look at a startup, for argument's sake, let's say there's a company that's been in business seven or eight years, and they're looking to expand, but they don't really have the skills. Yes. Now, at that stage, there's three or four of the founders still involved. Typically, yeah. One of them is the managing director, and one of them is the sales director, and something else. But they've, they've now got to a point that maybe they've gone as far as they can in, that, in their particular sector. And the next step is to expand or, or grow the business overseas or countrywide or something. They may need at that point to look at some, experts, uh, some expertise and bring that on board in the form of a board yes. or advisors, but probably formalize it a bit more. So you'll invite either investors or outside advisors to come along. And effectively, you're seeing the start of a board at that point. Yeah. You know? yeah. So what are the skills you want? Well, I want somebody who's set up a business in the UK already. Yeah. And who somebody knows with the market some experience. And, has, and knows the steps that, we went, that they went into to establish that. Now, that's in that kind of an organization. In a more mature organization, uh, you know, where, the, where the organization may have some vacancies coming up, they're saying, OK, well, what challenges are we facing as we, mm. go, as we look down the road? And what sort of skills do we have? Recently, there was all this work talk about GDPR and data protection understanding and things like that. Many boards sought to get people onto their boards that would have expertise in and around that space yeah. because it was, it was effectively new on everybody. Yeah. And there wasn't as such a track record with it. In, in most boards, it was it was it was probably a demographic thing as well because yeah. you know typically boards are, I mean the the joke is they're male pale and stale. That's, that was the, that was the joke. <laughs> they're, 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 they're better mi- they're better mixed these days, and of course you'll be aware of the the diversity uh, criteria that particularly the public sector has yes. to at least have forty percent uh, female representations on yeah. boards as well. So it's quite changed, I have to say. When I started this ten years ago. Quite frankly, it's unrecognisable. Really? You know, the board, the typical board configuration you would find at that time and what you find today is utterly, it's done a complete 180. I can can recall maybe 15, 20 years ago, it was a soft gig to get a board spot. Yeah. Because it was big payday. There wasn't an awful lot of work. It was a couple of meetings. Turned up for a nice lunch. Turned up for a nice lunch. Three, four times a year. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Now... It is a bit more hands-on. Oh, it's it's a very and, serious thing you take a, on. Exactly. Now. Yeah, and and there's no you can't you know say well I, I don't I don't know what I was taking on here anymore. When well if you don't ignorance don't join is it. no defence. No, it's absolutely not. No. And you know all directors within the the companies act now all directors have the same uh, have the same rating for want of a better term. Uh, they've all got the same responsibility. So you know if the company's up to no good and a fraud is committed, the the authorities will want to talk to everybody there, regardless of whether you are the managing director the chairman, a non-executive director, an executive director. Once you've got 
your name yes. on the on the paperwork of that organization you're in the frame and if you turn around which I didn't know what the argument is well, you should have you should have known because exactly. you were a director and that's that's very much front and center these yeah. days and very much in the understanding of anyone taking on a board position and it's not something I'd encourage people to do lightly you no. really do need to do your due diligence if somebody invites you to join a board like why are they asking you to join the board what yeah. do they want you to do there uh, whose interests are you representing for yes. instance and you know, and also but be clear yourself what you're bringing exactly and what talents you're bringing. But the main thing to, to, to remind somebody of is that they personally are joining that board, not their company, not anybody else, but they themselves are putting their reputation or hitching their reputation to that particular organization. Yes, so be good, good and sure before you do that that you're hitching your reputation and all of your, 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 your uh, as I say, your reputation, both business and private reputation yeah. to something that actually deserves it. So looking at this on a on a a kind of more current level now, um, you're called in. A board is working away, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's not fully satisfied with where Mm -hmm. it's at or where it's going. Is that where you come in? Is when you're called in to review the effectiveness of a board? What do you look for? What do you? Well, some some organisations are under a lot of scrutiny to make sure that they have the highest standard of governance, and right. most of them are in the state sector. And you'd be very pleased as a citizen at the level of governance that is generally at well, board levels know, within organisations. Yeah. yeah. So so they have to keep checking, and within their code of governance, uh, there's a requirement for them to sort of self-assess themselves once a year. And every three years to invite in an independent assessor to bring them through the process. Right. And part of that is you go through a gap analysis and you look at, you know, what does their code say they should be doing and what are they actually doing? And lots of other things like that. You'll also interview board members to understand, you know, you know, you're now looking to see if how functional, sorry, how how useful the board is in terms of the role it plays within the organization itself. Yeah. You know, is it a passive kind of a board that you know, is either dominated by a very strong personality chief executive or executive team, or is it the other way around, for instance? Yeah. Could it be a situation where the board is utterly dominant, dominating the executive team and are micromanaging the business? Are you generally welcomed into the boards? This is the perversity of it, of course, is that the people who invite you in are usually in great shape. The people who need you don't invite don't you. Invite you. <laughs> yeah. But but we kind of present this idea that look, there's the NCT and there's the pre-NCT. Yes. So we'll come in and do a bit of a pre-NCT for you, and yeah. we just nose around and we just, you know, we point you to the kind of the glaring uh, gaps insofar in as there are they are there. And what do you see as the common mistakes? Obviously, without names, but the the most common mistakes you'd see on the boards that they repeatedly make. Usually, uh, it's to do with a lack of clarity around roles. You know that that the board isn't quite sure what its job is, and the executive team doesn't really? in, know how to interact with. And that's one of the most typical. It is, it is, yeah. And it starts with one of the things. One of the first things I go looking for when I go in is to to say, what are the reserve powers of the board? In other words, what has the board kept to itself for only its decision, and what does it delegate? What powers is it delegated to the executives? Yeah. Now. You might say that's that's very clinical and, and technical point. It is, but it, what it tells me is this organisation has really thought about that, right? And it's such an important thing to do because it shows you that the organisation is actually well governed, governed insofar as they thought that through to say we're the board. Here's what we decide on. You're the executive. Here's your part. Here's what you guys can decide yeah. on. And a lot of things can be, you know, big things like you know, 
for instance, if we're disposing of land in the organisation, that has to be a board-only decision. Right. Now, the, the motivation to sell the land may be coming from the executive and the good idea of it, but the board itself might be the ones that said, no, that's our decision. You can't sell the land. Now, depending on the organisation, of, of course. course. Uh, but but it, most organisations will put a tearing in of things like that. For instance, the CEO might, within the organisation, say, look, up to... 20 grand, you can make the decisions. Up to 50 grand, that person can make them. And anything above half a million, I can make the decision. But anything over a million, it's got to go to the board. And you see those kinds of things going on. And and they're codified generally then within the organisations. the mistakes will be that they don't have those structures. And you you get people who will say... Bit too loose. Or or they will use the looseness in that to say, oh, I went ahead and did that deal. Well, you know, you shouldn't have have brought that to the board. Well, nobody ever told me I had to, so I went ahead and did it. And, And those kinds of things are the areas that really cause friction and trouble. Sometimes the looseness allows, for want of a better word, flexibility. Sure. So they deliberately mm-hmm. may not identify some of these structures. Is that something you ever see? Well, you know, Wiggle again, room. again yeah. I, I see a lot of this stuff starts and it starts in a very rigid way and everybody's terribly kind of correct. And, and you know, you, you see examples of where governance is just the way they do their business. Yes. And they don't even think about it. It's just how they go about it. So it doesn't get in the way of the flexibility or the design or the creativity yes. to grow and develop that business. But there's a process by which it comes up to the board and it's, you know, and it's well considered. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the individual can just go off, run off and, and do it without reference to anybody. Because there's a process by which to say it's a great, it might be a great idea to buy out that competitor over there, but here's how we're going to, well, that here's how we're going to get permission to do that. The other thing, of course, is then you, as a director, then you trust the system because yeah. you, you see it to deliver for you. Yeah. So you don't have to be second guessing people, and you can put real professionals in the job to to be guided by by saying, well, these are the people who are going to grow and develop the organisation for you, and you trust them. And it also yeah. takes out emotional issues uh, because these yeah. are the structures, these are the systems. And yeah, and and they in some respects they protect everybody, but it's 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 usually when people start going around these things is when the uh, the problems yeah. occur. You know. Let me ask you: Are there such is there such a thing as key governance issues a board absolutely must get on top of? Well, as I said, the the, the delegated powers, sorry, right. the, and the reserved powers themselves yeah. would be would be the so things clarity that, in clarity, terms. absolute clarity about what everybody does. I mean, there's there's this kind of idea that. You know, and a, and a well-run board will be that there's, there's a saying that you, you, you're trying to achieve that perfect point of constructive tension. You know, and th- th- we're not all mates. We're not all pals. Of course, we're colleagues. And of course, we've all got the same common goal. Yeah. But, you know, you really need to kind of get that sort of formality in there yeah. so that, you know, how can I how can I get stuck into somebody if I haven't points with them three, three nights ago? You yes. Know? Oh yeah, and we're we're on the uh, uh, on the ras, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then oh, now he's in front of me on the board, yeah. and I'm going to get stuck. In. You know, there's that sort of yeah. that distance, correct yeah. distance that that's healthy to have. In terms of the actual board meetings, mm-hmm. how do you tighten up and make it effective board meetings? Okay, is there a key? Well, you're back to your there? chair again here, yeah. because the chair is is if you like the leader of the board. And we'll set the agenda for the board. Yeah. So the agenda, actually, of of for the meeting is probably the starting point. And the things that I've seen done really well these days are is where you would, you know, the agenda will come to you, and it'll be there'll be a pack of papers and so on, and you'll be able to look at that agenda and say some of those things will be there for information only, some of it will be there for noting, 
and some of it will there, it'll be tagged to this is for decision. So, you know, human nature being what it is, you get stuck into that paperwork yes, and, you yes. may not, and you'll glance through the other stuff as against going through everything, you know. Right. Uh, but the things that are going to come up for decision is where you're being asked, you know, your, your judgment is, being, is going to be required to back or, or whatever yeah. uh, to decision uh, for this particular yeah. decision. Yeah. And sometimes they're, they're straightforward things and other times they can be quite complex. So, th- so that agenda and that, deliberate, that deliberate setting out of the, of the workflow flow of the meeting. Yeah. I also think the, the, the meeting shouldn't be terribly long. And personally, I think most of us, again, coming back to good old human nature again, beyond three hours, you're kind of struggling. Oh, God, you know? yeah. And But some people will go on at this, this stuff all day. The other thing that I like is also things like consensus agendas. So there are companies, for instance, where they'll meet once a month and they'll review the accounts every month. Now, that's ridiculous in my mm. view, you know, because mm. you know, that could be an hour of the meeting taken up in that. Yeah. So uh, by all means, give me the, the give me the accounts pack. But let's have a deep dive every quarter. Yes. And agree to do that yes. and free up that hour to do other stuff yeah. that isn't being addressed. See, one of the things that, uh, again, a weakness that I see on, on organizations is they don't spend enough time looking forward. They don't spend enough time at the strategy or the service delivery. So the easy thing to do is let's keep on doing what we've always done, which yeah. is check the accounts. Yeah. And we all know there's nothing going to be very significant there. It wasn't last month, the month before Same that. Before it's unlikely to be this month it's either. It's fairly predictable. So the, so, yeah. the time gets soaked up and it's not terribly useful, the use of the time, in my view. So when you're talking about this, you're talking about getting the ordinary, if you like, or the, the, the most common papers and so forth. Get them out early, get them to the board members, let them have it in advance or whatever. Yeah. Identify where decisions need to be made. Yeah. Give people time to ponder their own thoughts, yeah. bring their views to the meeting, yeah. and then let's sit down and discuss them in a particular time frame yeah. and move forward. Exactly, and the other thing you're, you need the chair for is to make sure the, the most important things are coming up early, because again, we all get tired as we go through board meetings. So, you know, you might find everyone gets, and sometimes this can be quite deliberate. We, we, we've all done it, I'm sure, in yeah. our meetings where the thing that's really important, you stick it way down the agenda yeah. and hope everyone's wiped out by the time you get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's important. That myself the other time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there yeah. you go. The stuff that's more awkward, the things that you're, you're feeling less comfortable yeah, about. You just move you'll, just, on. you'll just hope uh, by the time, uh, you know, what time is it now? Can we, you know, I have a but bus, you know, the thing I have a train. And yeah, you know, but you yeah. know something, there's nothing yeah. more frustrating yeah. when you're at a meeting and you you feel it's gone around, it's the various directors, you've all had a say or an input or whatever decisions are made. And then as it's coming to being wrapped up, mm-hmm. somebody pipes up with, um, the point you mentioned earlier about an yeah. hour ago, point yeah. so X, yeah, yeah. Y, and Z, can I just come back to that yeah. again? And I just feel a little yeah. of myself go, oh, yeah. no. Yeah, a bit, you know, a, bit, a bit inside your eyes when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? And you just think, oh God, you yeah. know. And, but, I blame the chair in those yeah. cases because it's like, no, decision's made, move yeah. on. Or, you know, but, but if the individual still has some questions or is uncomfortable about it, I mean, they could pull the, the chair aside afterwards and just yeah. get some and, clarification and on that. But to reopen it, really, what you, exactly, I think is what you're which is what at, I'm saying, yeah. Which is really not, you know, no. we've done, we've dealt with it, we've, you know, it's been approved and let's move on to the next thing because we've a fairly big agenda and so on. I've and it, obviously it depends on the size of the organisation. Yeah, you know, you know. I've been fairly impressed recently with a, a, a couple of people I know who are chair uh, chairman of certain boards and fairly decent boards and um, I'd have met them on a, a personal level and I'd see the stack mm-hmm. of papers mm. and I'd ask what's that and now a lot of it was compliance mm. some of it say central bank or yeah. whatever uh, the likes 
but they felt the need to know pretty much the key points in yeah, all of this yeah. because as chair mm. they're obviously going to be what's your view what's yeah. your opinion and it struck me the preparation that a chairperson goes through beyond yeah. what board members tend to go through yeah. would that be an oh act? absolutely uh, and and one of the things that again when when i'm looking and i do a board evaluation and i'm looking at best practice of an organization so you, you i can go into some organizations that are very technical yeah uh, and there'll be a 30 40 page report that would be in the board pack right now no board members expected are being asked to read that yeah. but what's really critical is that there's a one page preferably maximum two that sums up that whole document yes and 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 distills in into two pages uh, the essence of what's there because all the techies and all the really smart scientists or whoever have put this thing together yeah. this is telling me how they got there and if i really want to drill in like and have a spare hour of my life that I'm never getting back again never I can, getting I can, back. I can, I can, I'll drill into it but if they're looking for and this is the important thing if somebody's bringing something to the board and they're looking for the support of the board to approve it yes. well give me something I can approve here please put it in the format that allows me to approve it that I can if, understand if you're asking me to wade through this thing yeah. you know for, for three or four nights forget it I'm not even going to do that yeah. you know but, but, I'm, but I'm satisfied you've done it yes. and, and that you've and, and I'm going to test the rigour of, of, of what you've done oh, yeah. and how you've arrived at the point that says here's what I'm recommending yes yeah. uh, and, and there it is on two pages very good point yeah. you know yeah. and, and I guess most chairs will do the same because again it depends on the on the complexity of the organisation and just yeah. the sheer volume of stuff that will come you, you know. do uh, quite a few of the training courses for CMG for yeah. the um, board members affected mm -hmm. board members what are the most common questions you get asked Paul I think what I find is that the, the cohort that attend your courses tend to, they're, they're, they're quite, uh, they're from all different yes. sectors and sections. And sometimes you might find a, a group of people that are coming from the public sector and they'll all be questions around public sector governance. Yes, yeah. Sometimes you'll have groups of people there that, that may be just in a startup position. So you will get a different kinds of thing. But they're all sort of, I think. But the if you split that public yeah, and private. But I, I think the, 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 the kind of, Constant, the starting point is codes. What are these codes? You know, and you know the best way I can explain them is they're templates. You know, right. they're templates that if you if you lay them out on top of your organization, you have a pretty good chance of running a good organization. There's no guarantee. There's no you know there's yeah. no there's no yeah. uh, literally no guarantees in it. But if you structure your organization to follow the guidance that is within these codes or templates, you have a reasonable good chance of doing right. that. And then I find that I'm trying to, if you like, uh, you know. Uh, they want you to write two sides of it because yeah. you know the governance pressure that might be in the public sector is different to what it might be in let's say an organization that's five or six years in business you might have four founders they're all equal partners and they're now starting to get in each other's nerves and you know yeah. as things will happen and one of them maybe is head and shoulders above the rest of them and he said well this place wouldn't be successful it wasn't me and someone else is saying no they're falling out with each other mm. because they've been too close to each other they've been through very sensitive and difficult times together they've got through them and yeah. it's, 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 there's a few scars on it and at times like that you know the next step is really probably to get a proper chairperson in yes you know and move it away this is the thing that I find in, in, in small to medium sized companies in Ireland is that difference between their executive meetings and their board meetings there is none you yeah, know, they yeah. and they and they're not able to make that to to get that gap between it. That we're going to have a meeting once a month. That's just about the the business of the business, if you like, rather than 
you know, the last scrap or bun fight we had in the organisation or the last challenge we had from a particular customer. And there's always that danger, unless that's chaired properly, one blends into the other. But and Paul, you end up having an executive meeting as against, a, as against having a board meeting. But is know? that easier said than done? Because, yeah. I mean, you're a founder of a yeah. business and you've got maybe two other directors and between you, you've got the shareholding and everything else. And are you going to hand that over well, to I, a I, I'm neutral Well, I'm speaking from personal experience you know, in that because we were about seven or eight years in business. There was four of us started it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were getting to a point of, uh, of a lot of tension. And quite frankly, we, uh, we, we brought in a chairperson who was, an, who was excellent. Yeah. And I chart all the success we have to that individual who got us thinking the right way. How long did that take to settle in? Um, well, it, 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 was, it was difficult enough because in some respects, we all felt we were handing up something, yeah. uh, giving over something. But yeah. we weren't actually. But it was, you know, egos are bouncing off the walls yeah. at that, yeah. uh, in those situations. That's the, that's the and thing, this is yeah. what you try and need to get more mature about how you approach these things. Because what you're, you're not interested in, you know, why, how does this make me look? This is look, what's in the interest but of the organization exactly. here. It's and this is the vehicle the four of us have established. Uh, you know, we're all putting our lot into this and we're all going to try and this be the vehicle that we're all going to have a good lifestyle from. Yeah. But, you know, we're in danger of destroying the very thing that we're all passionately uh, trying to, 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 to create. A certain level of maturity is exactly. required. Exactly. So, and that. a certain point. And, of course, there's old, always the problem that, well, which of us is going to be the leader? Well, we're all in this together. And, you know, but if you bring in a, a, another layer of that yeah. who's got no axe to grind, who's got no real skin in the game, yeah. but can actually bring good order to how the, how the organization starts to think. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is that we did that a long time ago and it was the, it was the transformation of our business. Yeah, but did it take? I would say maybe two to three years before you yeah. know, uh, we were really comfortable with it. Did you have any near misses along the way? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. You see, this is the thing. See, it's uh, all human nature. It is. At the core it? Of that's that's yeah, the yeah. thing with this. Yeah. It's, as I said at the start, it's kind of yeah. all about people and, yeah. you know, what's involved. What about board development and succession planning? Okay, so. I mean, for again, instance, if it was. These it days, was, right? Yeah. These days, uh, it's, and certainly probably for the last five years, it's it's unusual to see anyone appointed without having the the tenure specified. Yes. Against how long they're going to be there. Yes. So again, in the public sector and the larger companies, you know, you'll get a letter to say we'd like to serve for three or five years, and best practice these days is you really shouldn't set, you know, stay for any more than six years. Right. You know, because you're getting stale at that point. Yeah. Your ideas are. Yeah. You know, are ideas from perhaps a different time. And you need to refresh and keep the board That's fresh what I was and rejuvenated. From a nice ideas, yeah. better ideas, more relevant ideas than that as well coming coming on board. And you know, it, it, it it's really useful because it, it prevents a board being kind of locked into a particular mindset or what you often hear said groupthink. Yeah. You know, so if you're refreshing the board, you're getting new ideas in, yeah. and it's really important that that and obviously that happens. Yeah, that goes without saying. Try not to do it all at the same time. Oh, of course. So again, it depends on the size. Typically, you, you know, companies, mid-sized companies, will have eight to ten people on a board, and you know, you'd retire three of them maybe at the same time, and you know, three the year after that, or, or two years later, or whatever. Yeah. But staggering that is absolutely an essential requirement because you can't have all your talent walking out the door absolutely. on the same day. Yeah, you yeah. don't want that, and everybody's yeah. coming in and going. So what yeah. did we do? Yeah, yeah. Um, a company or an organization, say, has a management team, big plans for growth, but it's got no board structure per se. Mm. So what, how does it start? Where, where is the starting point for 
Well, I think it's it's kind of a bit like the alcoholic. You kind of have to admit you've a, you've an issue yeah. first, you know, yeah. before you go looking for a bit of treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you've got a lot of very successful organisations that never needed to go out outside that yeah. their own system enabled them to evolve to that. But you know, they're rare enough too. You know that that yeah. you can get that transition from the founders to to that. I mean, there's there's a lot of you know research around on on thing they call founder syndrome for instance right. you know where you've got somebody who who created a really good idea yeah and uh stays around and makes all the decisions and no one else can no one else's opinion this matters, is the thing you know? and see i'm thinking of yeah. this in terms paul when um startups and we, yeah. we're, we're in the age yeah, of yeah. startups uh, they're everywhere and yeah, yeah. they're and they're growing a lot of mm. them growing quite rapidly and founders and so mm. forth but then as you said earlier investors come in yeah and funds come in that tends to signal boards. It would, yeah. And so, can you get in front of that? Can you do that? Would, 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 do you think funds and investors? Well, like I, to I think see it really depends on the ambition for the organisation. You yeah. know, as to whether they're, you know, and once you're in, once you're dealing with other people's money, there's a kind of a, an yes. onus on you to yeah. account for that. That's the government. I mean, if if, if, the, if a few of us started the business and we're fueling the business out of our own resources and out of the 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 profits we've made. Well, it's only our own money we're putting on the line here. Yeah. But if suddenly somebody else comes in and says, well, I'm investing this and I want that, I want good attention to how that money is being spent. Well, then, you know, somebody else is going to come with that. That's it. And Something so from, else is going. Yeah. So from that's what I'm saying from a board point of yeah. view, you can expect that's what's going exactly. to happen. And so and famously in the past, I mean, in the, in the bad old days, you, you know, if you went to, to your local bank and you, you got a, you know, you were you're borrowing a big, you know, a, a significant amount of money. Invariably, the bank would put somebody on your board. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Now, they don't do that anymore. No. They're not allowed to. No. Um, uh, but, you know, but but at the same time, if they were, if, if you were going to the bank today and say, look, I want to borrow this big chunk of money here to, to do something, the, the first thing they'll say to you is, well, let, let's talk about your governance structure. Yeah. You know, where, where's the independence of making sure that if I give you that money, that money's going to be looked after? Yeah. Is yep. there such a thing, and we're coming to the end on this, Paul, but is there such a thing as that person, he or she, is an ideal board member? <sighs> yeah, it's a good one. You know. We're all different. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, what you're, lo what you're looking traits? for is constructive people. Yeah. You know, you're looking for generally people who are forward-looking, yeah. who have, uh, have a passion and a, an interest in the organization itself. Uh, no harm that they they're they're of it that yeah. they've been in and around it diligent um, and that they've looked you know they're, they're passionate about what it is you're trying to do yeah. um, you know if again in the public sector if it's somebody you know in childcare or something that has a, an interest that has a lifetime career in it they could be very helpful to the board to understand yeah. what it might have been like on the ground you're generally looking however for constructive people people who are you know, they're cool they're calm they're not going to yeah. get too excited about things yeah. but they'll give constructive critique to any given situation. And have a practicality about it. And have them. a pragmatic practicality yes. about, about it. They're, they tend to be the, the better people around you. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, the, the, the people who just, you know, are there to hear the sound of their own voice are not terribly useful usually, no. No. you know. And, and do you think people now, as we wrap up this, do you think directors are very aware of their duties and responsibilities now? 
Well, I think it's getting it's getting there and it's getting better. And every time I, go, I do a review of a company, the, the evidence is quite there. But I mean, your your own courses in CMG are helping yeah. that journey for a lot of people yeah. because, again, in certain sectors of of, of 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 Ireland, you know, it's mandatory to get trained and to get CPD and bring yourself up to a particular standard. Uh, other organisations don't have that yeah. uh, that structures. So you know what you're doing here at CMG is exceptionally helpful for that. Thanks very much, because Because uh, a lot of people don't know what they don't know. You yes. know that's, that's what it is. And something like what we're doing here in CMG on that will help people sort of sort out the weeds there a little bit. Absolutely. And focus on maybe where they where they can identify weaknesses in their yeah. organisations. Yeah. So that's what I, when I do the sessions here, that's what I'm trying to get them out, yes. go out and sort of ask some questions of themselves and their organisations as to, you know, could we do? Could we use some improvement here, there, or elsewhere in the organisation? I get heartened yeah. when I see that mm. the interest is there. People mm. want to learn. They want to yeah, yeah. know about this, yeah. and they want to get better. Yeah, you know. And I think your courses have been hugely popular as a result. And I think you bring so much to that. Yeah. And uh, really you. appreciate you coming in today, Paul. Listen, to if it's okay, okay with you. We're going to invite people over the next few weeks to maybe send in email yeah. questions or okay. whatever, and maybe we could ask you to come back again and yeah, we could address some or, of or those. even address them the emails directly, whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. can we do that? Yeah, kind of an agony ant kind of a way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll call you the agony ant. Go- go- governance, <laughs> governance, the governance, governance uncle. geek, the governance geek. <laughs> this is Paul. We'll go with very that. Much. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review this episode and feel free to get in contact with us through our websites cmgtraining.com or cmgevents.ie and of course our usual social media platforms. We love to hear your views on this or any episode. Until next time.